If you'd like to support the show, please rate us five stars, check out our merch store, or go to patreon.com slash what's my thesis to become a patron. All links in the description. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest... Actually, I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your name. I'm going to give it a go. Uh, is it Brichetti or Brichetti or Brichetti? That works. The, yes, the last one right the, okay. there. Okay. So it's, I, I, it's been a while. So apparently the... Two C's with an E after it are a hard sound. Um, I, I speak no Italian despite really? my extreme Italian last name. So I'm, you know, this is based on conjecture. There are certainly divides in the family based on how they pronounce it. I grew up in Missouri, so we used to say Bersati. So, um, you know. In Missouri? <laughs> oh, is that how you know uh, uh, Zebra Zorb? <laughs> Well, it's not how I know Zebra Zorb, but um, when we were both, you know, doing art stuff in L.A., there are so few folks from Missouri that, like, as soon as I met one, it was we had an immediate, you know, subliminal connection. Um, I think Missouri has a lot of problems and a lot of people would say many mean things about it. And so I think that if you're from there, you sort of like have to represent it a little bit and seek out other people who are cool that are from there. Well, that sounds an awful lot like Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And lo and behold, now I've ended up in Florida. I am a recent California expat. Um, I've taken a two-year visiting faculty appointment at the University of Florida, home of mm. Gators and Gator Aid, and a lot of humidity and some incredible uh, spiders and insects. Can you show me I- any uh, bi- uh, mosquito bites yet? Oh my gosh, you don't even want to see. I think uh. I went out to a brewery, and I don't know if you can even see it's my the ankles. Foot. I knew it was going to be the ankles. <laughs> Covered in fire ant bites or something. I, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, sometimes I would go into like my grandmother's garden and all of a sudden I would just have this like feeling here. I don't know what it was, but it, I swear it was like some kind of bite that would happen that I, it, I just would like be in the garden. It was like a crazy, crazy space full of like all these plants. And then she would have me, I, I've, I've talked to her recently. She's getting up in years and, uh, I, I, I joked with her about how terrible I was at watering her plants, and she thought that was hilarious because it's very true. <laughs> and so what part of Florida are you from? Are you from South Florida? Yeah, I'm a SoFla all the way. i a okay. 305 rapper. Uh, okay. And um, it's, it, it's a, it's, have, have you ever read any Carl Heisen? I have not, no. Okay. It's a very fucking weird place. But <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna have some very interesting experiences that I can't wait to round back and check in on with you because uh it is like um it's just the weird fucking place where weird shit happens. You're gonna be living you're you said Gainesville Gainesville? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's yeah. its own thing. <laughs> it is. It's a very it's you know, North Central Florida, which is a pretty rural place. Um, and it's sort of is like a like a, a college town. So it's a lot more, um, you know, you have the, the influence of the university. It's a very different population from the surrounding population, um, mm-hmm. as I, you know, many people know with college towns. But me, I part of the reason that I was interested in this job, one, it was a job that was teaching painting in the expanded field, which is kind of an unusual, you know, gig to get. That was right up my alley. What's painting in the expanded field? Um, So basically, you know, if we think about like the field of painting, 
what's happening next? How are we pushing the edges of that field? How are we expanding what it means to be a painter? Um, the expanded field as a concept is sort of based off of a Rosalind Krauss essay about sculpture, um, where she kind of graphs out, you know, what is, what does sculpture mean in, mm-hmm. you know, a, a contemporary sense? Um, so that was really fun and exciting for me because my work deals a lot with digital culture. I work in a variety of different media, um, but my work is also very collage based and Florida is a collage, you know, it's like just this weird where I am. We have a university, we have rednecks, we have a huge Cuban population. We have, you know, there's all these folks from New York who come down to Florida. Um, the nature is just crazy. Uh, it's just, it's a weird, the nature weird will get you. It's nuts. It's especially after being in California for 10 years, like things just grow like crazy. And the idea of, um, I don't know, man, it, it, you can definitely like, I remember I took a bike ride through this place called nature Valley. It's not actually a Valley. It's just, uh, or sorry, it's not nature Valley. That's the granola bar. bar. (laughs) (laughs) It's called shark Valley. Covers you in granola confetti. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So it's in the Everglades. It's just basically a trail that goes out and we went riding and we didn't realize that when it got dark, it was going to be fucking pitch black because we were like, (laughs) and on the way out, there were gators just on the, on the path. So we were like uh, riding our bikes around them, but like literally covering parts of the path where we only had like a little edge to go through. And then on the way back, we couldn't see shit. <laughs> so it was like fucking terrifying. Uh, but, yeah. They are dinosaurs. Oh yeah. They yeah. just are hanging out. I saw one outside my office yesterday, a little mm-hmm. guy, but still it was like, Oh, all right. I have, there's dinosaurs where I work. Yeah. So, yeah, because we were also talking about Florida. I don't want to get off into too many different tangents, but we were talking a little bit about uh, football teams and how, like, uh, you're you're officially a Gator now, mm-hmm. uh, which t- 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 uh, Tim Tebow's part of your legacy. Oh, wonderful! Congratulations! <laughs> and uh, Steve Spurrier, but uh, the, I don't know. Like the okay, when I was a kid, the Miami Hurricanes were a huge team. And they've never recovered. They they were like champions and shit like that. I've never heard of them becoming anywhere near what they were. They had this like rape scandal where like the whole fucking team, it was just this crazy fucking thing. So like that's kind of like Miami's such a party town <laughs> that like, I don't know, it's just like a super rapey vibe uh in 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 certain parts of it i don't know if like the gators have that kind of reputation but that's kind of like what uh florida florida football is like huge but that's like florida football legacy to me that doesn't ever get discussed it's like whatever happened to the the miami hurricanes huh that's university of miami or is that like a Mm -hmm. professional team i know nothing about football obviously and before that scandal broke um you two and public enemy did a concert together and Flava Flav came out in like a Miami Hurricanes helmet. So it was just like, oh, wow. it was like, I mean, obviously he was pandering to the crowd, but it was like a big part of the culture. So mm-hmm. anyway, what, uh, what kind of stuff did you guys get up to in Missouri? Because I can tell you about Florida, but I don't know anything about Missouri. <laughs> what did we get up to in Missouri? Um, I You're mean, not from St. Louis? What part of uh, Missouri? I am. I'm sort of from the outskirts of St. Louis, right on the edge of like the um, country and the suburbs. Eureka mm. is um, where I went to high school. It's probably more suburban now. Um, we did not get up to a whole lot out there. One thing about it's funny because coming here and it's, you know, in Florida, so hot and humid. I've met a few other people from Missouri and um, they're all like, oh, you'll be fine. Because honestly, Missouri has Florida summers and Chicago winters. So um, it's pretty brutal. (laughs) Uh, You get the worst of both worlds. So I still I, can't fully place it on a map, which is not a dig. It's it's just sort of like where my uh, American geography is. 
But <laughs> so, and then you were there just for high school. Like, where did you you went to school out in California? How did you end up in California? No, I um I grew up mostly in Missouri. We moved there when I was in elementary school. Um, lived there for a long time. I went to college there. Mm. Um, and then after I finished um, my undergrad, moved to New York for a few years, and my then boyfriend got an offer to get his PhD on the West coast. And I was cold in my tiny dark apartment. And I was like, Oh my God, please let's go anywhere. So we moved <laughs> out to Santa Barbara and we broke up immediately when we got out there. Cause it was like, Oh wait, this, I wasn't miserable because of New York. Like this, <laughs> thing, you know? Oh really? Um, <laughs> so you could have stayed in New York. And been happy, you think, or? No, no, no. I'm glad okay. I left. I'm glad half I left. Half, we'll call it. Yes. So I came out to California, immediately broke up with the dude I followed out there, and then was like, all right, I need to like get a job and find an apartment and ha- create a life out here. So yeah. I did. I ended up getting a job um, at the Santa Barbara Museum of Natural History and was there for a while designing natural history exhibits, which was a really weird, interesting, fun. So you were doing like life-size diorama stuff? Working on dioramas, um, doing some graphics, also doing um, planning and conceptualization for different exhibitions. But yeah, there were certainly days where, you know, I was climbing behind the the glass and pulling out dead mice or whatever we you know was happening back there it was a very weird job like mice were just dying there or they were part of a display well it's a so natural history specimens i mean it's just the skin of an animal so pests are a huge problem um so you're getting bugs uh mice all sorts of stuff this was a very old historic museum and there were areas where um the floor wasn't really a floor. It just kind of opened up to the ground underneath, which was a conservation nightmare. So um, I remember at one point we, we went into an exhibit and of course you just, you get that blindness when you see something every day, you don't even notice how bad it's gotten. We noticed that one of the um, specimens, the skin was completely gone. And I don't know if you've ever seen the inside of taxidermy, but it's just oh. like an armature made out of wire and thread oh, wow. and whatever. And so it was just a complete, it was just the armature of this rodent or whatever it had been. Um, yeah. So you, so I, back, I never thought about insects. Like, we keep coming back to insects today. <laughs> are, are you uh, an insect aficionado or is it just something that's happening seems to just be following it's not a path I chose the insect life didn't I didn't choose the insect life the insect life chose me I guess I keep ending up is it just in this conversation or 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 do you have you noticed this before I've noticed this before okay so so I I will not be surprised if it comes up again then no don't Um, be shocked so, okay, so do you want to get into your topic a little bit? I mean, I, I was going to say that it's interesting because I never thought about, like, who buys taxidermy. I always just kind of dismiss it as this, like, weird thing, but it makes sense that natural history museums would uh, keep taxidermists in business. Yes, in California, um, it's natural history museums and Hollywood are really, uh, you know, keeping those places going. Hollywood in the sense that they have, like, them to decorate tacky apartments and yeah, stuff? Yeah, for or? decoration or I think for special effects, you know, if so, okay. you do a quick cut of like an animal or something. Um, so we worked a lot with with the taxidermist in LA who, who does a lot of work for um, Hollywood. And then of course, hunters and things as well, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually what I think of when I think of taxidermy. And then I also think of Ed Gein, but do you know who that is? <laughs> yes, of course I know about Ed okay. Gein. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, uh, did you want to get into your topic? What, what, what do you want to talk about today? I did. So the thing that I have been thinking about, um, is humor in art. Um, I personally am pretty goofy and silly and I, I see a lot of contemporary art and I see the word humor applied to art quite often. Um, but it's never done in, in a, 
in a goofy or an overt way. It's always sort of done in this like, um, subtle kind of removed way. And, um, as a goofy individual that just makes me really sad. And so, um, you know, I just, it's something that's been on my mind that I've been thinking a lot about. And I certainly think that, um, more overt or, or goofy, fun humor is a democratizing force in art. Um, Mm -hmm. calling something that's marginally funny or just like two slightly unrelated images next to each other. I mean, like, Oh, this is hilarious. Like that's such a, it's such a way to exclude people from the experience. Wait, so, so, and then, so then what would like, uh, are we talking about like slapstick? Like, what do you mean? Define goofy. I mean, because <laughs> there's like literally a character that we can envision, <laughs> yes. you know, like, I and I know that you use like some iconography, that. some pop culture iconography, right? You do, you do yeah. stuff with Batman and whatnot. So can you I- expand on the concept of goofy? What do you define as goofy and like how, how do you want to see it in, in art? Like, or how do you enjoy it in art? that's a good question. I think, um, humor that is overtly silly things that are over the top, um, maybe humor that is like, it could be slapstick. It could be, um, like a really dumb cartoon character. Mm -hmm. Um, it could be humor, humor that is like, yes, anding itself up and up and up to get more and more absurd. I guess absurdity would be part of it. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that clarifies. Absurdity. All right. I think I can relate to that because I definitely am interested in, in some level of humor too. I, I, I do like resent a little bit of stuffiness in the art world and there's, there's a lot of um, preciousness that I think is cringe <laughs> a lot of times. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I definitely... Absurdity is definitely something that I can relate to because I try to keep that in my arsenal in terms of like, I feel like what I'm trying to uh, relate is sort of how crazy things are that the, the, the way that we do them are that might maybe fall a little bit into the removed thing, but uh, uh, that you were talking about, but I do sort of feel like, um, you know, I did. I do feel like there was a period where I kind of felt like my stuff was getting a little too punchliney. Like I didn't mm-hmm. actually have to show people the work. I could just describe it to them, <laughs> and then they would be like, "Oh, ha ha ha!" ha you know. Uh, and I felt like, like in that in that example of that. Uh, yeah, like I mean, the I, I had a, a res, or I had a printer that printed it into a shredder, so like that. That's very much. You get it, but like to actually watch the paper go in, it's a different experience. So if something gets lost when it's that easy to sort of just like be like, but you know, and then um, and, and and like I feel like I'm starting to go a little bit away from that, which is interesting that you're saying that because like I think that silliness is good, but um, it can also be. I don't know. Uh, Have you ever seen instances where it doesn't make you like where you're just completely turned off by the person's sense of humor? I think, um, yeah, I think that maybe the thing I'm, maybe something that I'm, I'm dancing around a little bit is weirdness as opposed Mm -hmm. to just humor, because I think humor, as you're kind of saying, can just be like a, a pretty straightforward one, two punch. Yeah. Um, but I think that a more like complex and really weird humor, and maybe that's what I'm missing in a lot of contemporary art is, is people just getting extremely, extremely weird. And perhaps that has to do with market forces. Perhaps that you don't has feel to do like with people people. get extremely weird with art. <laughs> I don't No. Really? I feel like I go out to shows and I see I'm thinking about a few performance art pieces that I've seen recently that I'm like, okay, this is definitely over the top, but I, but it is, it, I, it's interesting. Okay. I guess what I was kind of trying to touch upon is that like, you know, written humor 
is either good or it's fucking awful, you know? And I feel like it, it's really easy to overdo it with art in general, right? Like where, but I'm trying to think of examples where, I, where I've just been like, oh, this isn't funny, the way that the artist thinks of it. Maybe it's because there is an absence of it. Yeah, I can I can think of a lot of examples of art that like someone would curate into a show about humor and art and I would walk through the entire exhibition and not laugh once. Yeah. You know, and you would be like, "Oh, okay, this is there's some humor here. That's funny. There's like a a mustache on a banana on a blank canvas and just that." You know, or a like banana this, tape to the wall. A banana taped to the wall, right? Which is like only, I don't know that, that that's laugh out loud humor. That's like, oh, this is kind of an absurd commentary on, you know, these very insular issues of the art world. Um, yeah. And even, you know, I'm, I'm curious about the weird performances that you saw, because I feel like I see... I really am lacking a lot of weirdness and maybe I'm thinking mostly, you know, as a painter about 2d work. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I feel like it is hard, hard to sort of put humor into, into it. Like maybe it's not a lack of humor, but it is maybe like, I, I, I think that a lot of it falls into the issue into like playful. You get what I'm saying? Like, where 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 I think that like like for example like I think of people that are you know like for example my first experience of like I went to the National Gallery and I saw uh, a Calder exhibit when I was younger it, mm -hmm. I think it was like eighteen uh, at the time and that was the first time that I had like really fun right but it mm -hmm. wasn't funny but it was like it was like it was fun to look at all these pieces there was like a joyfulness, like, I mean, that's a weird word, but like, you know, like there was like, uh, something, you know, I'm not even a fan of playful, but there was something that was fun and, and like the interaction with the work was enjoyable to me. That's something that I am interested in, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like, do you have any examples of artists that are just like humorous or is it more of like, uh, are you looking for more of a heh, kind of laugh? I mean, or I is think that the laugh you don't like. That's the, that's not, I don't like dislike that as much. I mean, I think about like some maybe a little bit older artists, Jim Shaw or Peter Saul, people that are just like so weird and hilarious and absurd. Um, like, what, are, what kind of stuff do they do? Um, Peter Saul did paintings, sometimes political that were, um, I don't want to say cartoony, but sort of like just bizarrely overwrought. Um, and Jim Shaw has done a little bit of everything, but sometimes does. He did this great installation at the Marciano Foundation before they, you know, union busted and shut down um, about it was a museum of all these absurd wigs that he'd created. Um, and he had taken backdrops from the uh, what is it? The, the Freemasons who had been in that occupied that building before the Marciano foundation came in and made these like crazy bizarre hellscapes and scenes out of some of these backdrops. Um, so for people that don't know, I mean, I'm I just looked up Jim Shaw, uh, and for listeners that don't know, I see, uh, hot dogs graduating coming out of a meat grinder building. So I got, I, it does feel, I was going to say that like, when I think of it, I do think of, uh, it, this kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, who I had his daughter on, um, Skip Williamson, who was, uh, friends with, uh, who did the, um, book, uh, the steal this book. He did the, the cover oh, art for yeah. that. And he did a lot, like he was, it was that like underground comic scene. That's kind of, I'm trying to think of like, is there gallery art that's funny? And and I and the only examples that I can think of are just like dumb like dick jokes, you know, like yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, like very flat. You know, humor is so. I feel like it's used to diffuse situations. It's used emotionally. It's used politically. Like it has all these these generative 
things that can come out of it. And I see it in gallery shows used just so flatly as like dick jokes or like a bumper sticker or just something like so. And it just, it always, it frustrates me that, that more complex uses of humor don't get made. And again, maybe it's just in gallery shows and maybe I'm talking more about 2d work because that's mostly what I'm looking at. Um, and I, part of that has to, of course, be about the market, I assume. Um, but do you think, I mean, I, do, I host an art podcast and I've had to come to the realization that artists are, nece- not, are not necessarily funny people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like there yeah. is a tendency to sort of take your, take your shit a little seriously. So, yes. and I don't mean that disparagingly because for the most part, they're, pe- no, I'm they're, <laughs> no, they're, people are lovely, but, but. It's kind of, it can be kind of hard. Like I'll have people on and they don't really like know how to give a long winded answer. Like, you know, it it feels like I have to like, because they're a little, and I find that that's usually because they're used to being so controlled with how Mm -hmm. they present themselves. And so it can be really hard to be on the spot and like actually just, you know, be dumb publicly, which I'm told like you have to be okay with if you do a podcast, right? Like I get shit wrong all the time and if i sat there stressing like oh i need to cut that out i'm like no fuck it okay (laughs) like i just did a recent one where i was like i I said uh uh, biden was uh, responsible for for the three strikes law which is technically incorrect but it's in spirit correct you get what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) truthiness right that's what we call that yeah like i mean it was happening around the same time california did it first it probably you know it was probably maybe kamala harris was involved and i don't even know the history of the of the three strikes was that his thing the crime bill he had some yeah it was the 94 crime bill that i was referring to but i conflated it but like if i start stressing that like like okay whatever it's podcasting it doesn't make sense yeah but okay so um, do, what, what, like, what do you, how do you use humor specifically? Like, what do you find funny? What is it that you find lacking? I mean, weirdness, I get weirdness in what sense though? Like weirdness for, cause I feel like there's a lot of examples of weirdness and weirdness is a space that people are really comfortable with, but it's not necessarily funny all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting the Jim Shaw there. There's definitely some weirdness there. It's like, it's absurdist, right? Almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think, I think that, um, that like the, the idea of, um, I'm struggling to articulate my thoughts here, pushing humor into a sense that into a place that's not very one, two simple, flat-footed just an obvious like oh I'm gonna take thing a and thing b and they're not related and I'll put them together and haha we have a new hilarious thing are you um, saying that some artists are prop comics painting <laughs> 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 with carrot top fairly recently in it oh really <laughs> so maybe that is yeah exactly you know it's just it's a quick punchline it's just quick joke and to yeah. me you know, it seems like there, there's a lot of that and people seem to be interested in it and people seem to buy it. And it seems to be great when you scroll past it once on social media, but like, I like humor that you can kind of come back to like a lot of my favorite movies or TV shows or artworks, you know, I get more from them every time I come back to them. Um, even when it seems like there are dumb jokes, there's enough layering or enough, um, com- combining of different ideas together that it, it keeps things interesting mm. uh, so it looks like you're looking for something that's a little bit more intangible which was which is where i was getting frustrated with stuff right like when when um when you when it when it feels like people don't have to look at your work can you imagine how frustrating that is like okay. right and then i would just get tired of just saying the same thing because it was like a tight little pitch, right? Like to be able to be like, I have a receipt printer and it prints all of my receipts for a year and it's a self-portrait and all of that shit. But 
the the thing of it was that the actual pieces were enjoyable to look at, right? And so I felt like uh, I started to chase a little bit more of that ambiguity and like maybe not start with the ending first. You get what I'm saying? Like sort of just like, and, and but there are things like I I did I've done some stuff with found objects where I do like the idea of like I, and I feel like I, I, I it, that deals a little bit more in the area of what we're talking about where it's like uh, a really cynical fortune cookie. It, it, there were all these two di- two dimensional like flat things, right? And so the idea of working with um things that like you have to sort of look at and and try to f- interpret why they're there and then the reason that they're there being funny. But like so do you have any examples of your own work like this that that you can give that we can see like uh, you know, what you find humorous and what you're actually speaking of? Or is this more of a general talk about how dour and serious the the art world is? Um, I think, well, I guess so. I'm thinking about a, a performance I did a number of years ago, which was, um, it was when maybe in like 2015 when Zom- everybody was hot to trot for zombie formalism. Um, and I did this fake art history lecture where I dressed up like an art historian and, um, was presenting the history of zombie formalism and how that led into further art movements. And it all was tied back and related to, um, banana ecology and it was given through like a a fake university that was um funded by Halliburton and it just like got really it got really absurd and really weird you know and it kind of layered on top of itself and it um I don't know again not to like toot my own horn like I'm so funny and I think no, Jim but it's Shaw- it's a representation of I mean, like if, if comics talk about what they think is funny, so I don't think that it's like <laughs> I don't think it's gauche, you know, which is why yeah. I led the way by talking about my my uh, like things that, that, you know, but you don't have to like actually tell me the joke because that that like then it just falls flat, which I yeah. didn't do either. So uh, so it is. But but um, what I noticed, though, is that we've been talking about 2D and and I find like performance is sort of where that weirdness is comfortable right because mm-hmm. it's maybe a little bit more related to like humor that we're used to seeing right like maybe that it, maybe it is a boundary like i'm just still trying to figure out how do you do funny in 2d without actually making like cartoons right like where but maybe that maybe that's not something that you're not okay with or that's a double yeah. negative <laughs> cartoonishness is okay i'm thinking of another Jim Shaw piece where he um, started out with these photo real drawings of politicians and then morphed them kind of into blobs. And then those blobs morphed into um, explicit pornographic images. And so it was like these politicians turning into like really grotesque porn, which was just weird. And it was beautifully done and it was kind of narrative. I think narrative has something to do with it. Well, painting, even, there is narrative in painting, so... Mm-hmm. Whereas in photography, it's a little bit harder, but go ahead. Even, like, Hieronymus Bosch, you know? Like, the musical notes written on a butt. Like, there's so many... There's so much weird hilariousness in a lot of paintings. Um, but I think mm-hmm. it takes... It's... Maybe my favorite work is, like, slow and layered and dense and narrative, and a lot of that goes into the humor. And I think. Um, so the Hieronymus Bosch helps me understand it a little bit. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I think that, you know, for a lot of artists, uh, particularly gallery artists, like you, you have to have a quick turnaround time. And certainly as artists, I feel like we're all under this pressure to produce, produce, produce. Mm. Um, and maybe like really getting weird with it takes just time and patience and you know even thinking about like my favorite comedic tv shows they usually have very short seasons you know because they're well Mm -hmm. done they're like dense they're they're crafted time is spent on them yeah yeah 
I the the Hieronymus Bosch thing. It, now I'm starting to understand the layers of it, and and the fact that you're okay with cartooniness. Uh, I'm starting to get a better sense of like what you're talking about in terms of humor, and it's it's interesting though. Like, um, the, there are a lot of funny paintings in that sense. I was just I was trying to understand. I feel like performance art can sometimes get a little bit too into that space of being weird for weird's sake, yes. but it doesn't sound like weird for weird's sake bothers you or, or, or does it? I think I do prefer weird for a reason or, um, what do you think are weird? What, like, are there things, yeah. are there noble, noble causes to which you can be weird? um i guess there's and this is a hard thing to describe but there's like um the thing that i find is maybe that i don't like when things are just being weird is when they're weird and boring you know something can be so weird and it can go on for a while and you're just like checking your phone and then mm-hmm. it's like how is this person is like you know smearing chicken blood all over and i'm bored by this you know so <laughs> maybe part of it is engagement with the audience uh, yeah. i don't know <laughs> but i'm sure you know i see you nodding i'm sure you know what i mean when something is well, really I live weird. in la <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know how did how am I bored at this situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean that is not uncommon, definitely. Um, it feels like an oxymoron to be boring, weird, um, and maybe that's the thing that that I'm yeah. finding. Yeah, and 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 there's definitely something of like, there's definitely the making people uncomfortable weird. Mm-hmm. So. I've definitely seen more things that have made me laugh. And, and I mean, I read a lot of comics, so in terms of that, so maybe that is kind of like, maybe the, that the, there's a hierarchical sort of snobbiness that is what sort of makes it. Because I do think that some people, like there is a tendency to recoil from the cartoony uh, in, in those spaces, right? Unless you're talking to, about like, Lit, Lit, Lichtenstein, and he's like not even really making jokes. He's actually being a little bit precious with it, which I, I'm not saying that in a pejorative, but he's mm-hmm. like, this stuff is valid, man, like I do every time I read comics when I go to sleep. So, what do you draw <laughs> from then in terms of like uh, the, the subject matter? You know, I draw from a lot of things. My work is is um, usually looking at um, history and trying to kind of recombine lots of different icons and images in weird and funny ways. I also spend a ton of time on the internet. And um, I guess maybe part of my, my craving for weirdness and for humor is that I, f- I feel like I see things on TikTok every day that are so much more bizarre and insane and creative and resonant than many of the gallery shows that I go to. And uh, who are your best follows? My favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certain, what? You don't have to plug someone if you don't want to, you you know, Mostly what I like about TikTok is that unlike is that a lot Carrot of Top is on it and you get to <laughs> No, his his Instagram though is hilarious. But the thing yeah. about TikTok is you really get to see random accounts all the time. It's not like Instagram where you're only seeing the people you follow. Yeah. Um like you just get bombarded with the weirdest stuff all the time. And uh it's really amazing. But maybe that just sets too high a bar. Like I just have access to too much funny weird content 24 7 um yeah. i don't know maybe tiktok is ruining me i'm trying to think is there like funny photography there has to be right 
Um, I mean, I think like David LaChapelle would be someone who. You know what's funny? I didn't know he. he uh, I didn't know he wasn't black until like Raheem Cunningham told me recently, <laughs> and he said he was like, I didn't know either. <laughs> he sent me a picture, and I was like, Who the fuck is this? I had forgotten the conversation. I was like, Who is this? And he goes, That's David. <laughs> David LaChapelle, and I was, and we just lost it. But it's fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> it. it uh, yeah. So, I mean, you think he's funny? I'm trying to think. Um, okay, I can, I, he's absurd a little bit, and, and uh, I haven't seen anything recent. I saw him, like, you know, a show of his when I was younger, and I didn't really follow his work too closely after that. I didn't follow his work too closely, but there's definitely, there's some of the work is really funny. Some of it is just very, like, you know, uh, editorial, very fashion-y, so it definitely runs a gamut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it's interesting because I feel like we're in different places in terms of humor. And I don't disagree with, like, I mean, I don't have, I'm not, like, too good for your take on it. But I think that it's, like, mine is a little bit more in the conceptual realm, right? Whereas, like, I'm trying to keep a little bit of that humor where you get the the humor from the piece instead of from the description of it or like from the experience of looking at the piece and thinking about and reflecting on it. Whereas it seems like there's maybe something a little bit more literal in what you're looking for. Is that, does that seem like, uh, like in terms of, because we're talking about narrative form, right? And, and so, or at least to my mind, I kind of think of that in that sense. Is that it, or is that a weird way of thinking about it from your standpoint? Yeah, I guess, I guess literal is the thing that maybe I would have a question about. Um, I think I, I definitely, the experience of the work is important to me with humor. Mm. Um, you know, as you were saying, I think that, Yeah, I'm having trouble. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble articulating. I have a very brutal teaching schedule this semester, and we just no, you're started. totally fine. This is a this is an. I'm I hate to keep pushing it. It's just this is an ambiguous space, so I'm just trying to figure out what it is and the and and the the space. You, you're you're not expected to have like a, a precise answer for your topic. I just I think it's an interesting conversation. You know, like for me, the idea. What I mean about literal, is like is not like is that. Um, is I'm I'm associating literal with the the like that it is literally on the page, right? Mm-hmm. You could argue that like, you know, uh, a fortune cookie that says uh, "never forget a friend, especially if he owes you," is like cynical, and and, and it is also literal. But the humor, what's funny about it is not necessarily, or what I find funny about it, is not necessarily what's spelled out, right? Uh, It's, I find it, it is like something that is representative of an American attitude for an American product that is like pretending to be something else, but it's just like, you know, the idea of like, like of that being Eastern wisdom <laughs> when it's like straight up raw capitalism, that's hilarious to me. Right. And yes. so that's the space that I like to fuck around with. That's like what I find funny. Right. And then, so there's like, um, there's yes. in that suit. That ahead. I like, I like, I think something that maybe we're getting towards is, is a layered experience. Yeah. Like like the, a painting of a dick joke or something that's very literal. There's no you don't dig in that, and that doesn't make you think about these big questions about what does it mean to be a Western capitalist? What does a fortune cookie mean? Like yeah. you know, I think a joke that a joke that makes you think, or a joke that that makes you you know recognize a bunch of different ways that it's interconnected in the world is is part of what I think I'm looking for. Okay. So then there is, like, I guess what I would describe that as being something that is, um, there's like a required knowledge set to have a reading, right? Because someone else could just read that cookie and be like, yeah, of course. (laughs) 
right? So like (laughs) maybe the layering of it, because I think even if you had no knowledge about the history of Chinese food in America or whatever, you would still see that and be like, that's funny and weird. Like, you know, you would still maybe chuckle, but then you can have a more like layered understanding of it if you have additional context. Um, so then, okay, let's go back to like, let's go straight up, you know, like the Feast of Herod. Are you familiar with the painting? The, I mean, the, with the theme, it's, it, it's basically, it's like a, a Renaissance cause there's a lot of funny shit in Renaissance painting. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, Feast of Herod is basically where I think someone just gets decapitated. I forget exactly the fucking details. Okay, I'm pulling up an image here just so that I have something to, to look at. Yeah. At. Yes. Here, let me do that as well. Of Herod. And so this is a theme that a lot of different people painted. Right? So there's mm-hmm. many versions of this. It's also like there, there are a bunch of these themes that, that people would paint. They would paint the Annunciations and all of that. But there's some where the fucking paintings are so goofy, <laughs> right? So, so that, I think, is different than what we're talking about. We're not just talking about like, oh, something is overtly painted awkwardly to make a commentary on the person, right? Like, but like, there's maybe something thematically going on as well that goes beyond. So it's not just cartoony, like yes. laying things out uh, in relation to each other. Like this person's looking at, you know, like... I mean, I know you're really into memes, but it's like there is a simplicity to sort of Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man, pointing at Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. And and like even <laughs> without text, that image is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then you add text and then you can add a situation where you have, you know, multiple Spider-Men pointing at each other. And then you can layer that spider meme into like a Venn diagram meme, you know, like that kind of like iterative. So you want art to be a little bit more meme-like. Is that fair? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, I, I think, but I, I, I get what you're saying. And I think that, I think that that's an interesting thing because uh, I feel like meme is like a egalitarian art form. Anybody can fucking do it. Anybody can, because you don't have to be able to draw. You can take an image. You don't even have to find the image. You can take an image that everybody fucking uses and just put your own spin on it. You've done your own enunciation or your own Feast of Herod now. You've done your own blah, blah, blah meme, right? Like, so it's an interesting uh, uh, format. I have been holding off. I've thought about this a lot, but I didn't want to, like, guide the conversation, but, like, Zebra... Zebra Zorb, uh, Deborah is like a weird and funny artist, right? Like, yes. yeah. And one of the things when I had her on the show that I talked to her about is that what, like, she was like, oh, they're just silly. They're not like, and, and we were talking about the horror and I was like, no, dude, if that shit came out of a womb, it would be fucking terrifying. And that is like <laughs> where the dark layered humor comes in. It's like, oh, this is cute. These are ceramics and they're kitsch and blah, blah, blah. But like all of a sudden you're turning these into this like, um, they're not abstractions because the, it, you, you get what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. it, it, even though it's like, um, it's, it's too representational of a starting point to, mm-hmm. to, to, to call it really full abstraction, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, it's interesting how something like that can kind of just put you through a loop. So uh, any thoughts on like, uh, the, the, you know, any pieces, particular examples that you can give me of like things that make you think of this kind of um, complexity? Or is it, or, or are they all just, uh, they just make you think about like, um, how horrible nature can be to people <laughs> and creatures. Oh, sorry. Are you talking about Deborah's work in particular? Yeah, Deborah's work. Oh, Deborah's work or, or branching off from there? Yeah. You know, I'm using that as an example to add to the melting pot of ideas that we've been throwing in to try to define what this humor conversation is about. Totally. I loved, um, she had a show at track 16 in LA, maybe two years ago. Um, and she took the same specific ceramic figurines of rabbits and I think bought just hundreds of them and made like kind of a full installation of them just in a bazillion 
different positions and iterations. And it really became, um, it became really like an installation. And then of course, you know, you think about like rabbits reproducing like crazy, um, you know, which increases any kind of mutation potential. And I really, that was probably like my favorite, um, work piece of hers that I've seen. I felt like it just really, um, it took this weird, bizarre thing that she's doing. And then it, it like, you know, was, was building on itself and becoming this kind of crazy installation. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a maximalist and I think maybe that comes into my maximalist, uh, the opposite of a minimalist. I I like a lot of stuff, so much stuff. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Things, items. Yeah. Explosion, explosions. Um, you know, your paintings are like action movies with humor. Um, are we are we talking yeah. Fast and Furious franchise right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I guess I'm I'm thinking that I'm thinking of maximal images, not maximal sequels. If that's what you're, <laughs> well, actually, it's actually pretty interesting because in those movies, now that I think about it, there is something, there is a humor to how fucking ridiculous things happen. Mm-hmm. That you know how how ridiculous the set pieces are, the fact that they don't lose fights. The fact that like there's there there are these bizarre rules that came about through negotiation bet- with Vin Diesel and all the actors that wanted to like keep their like you know set boundaries and make sure that uh, the franchise wasn't taken the, away from him by uh, The Rock. Like I think that uh, at the end of uh, one of the Fast and Furious movies, they put the preview for like they put a little like end scene with Hobbs and Shaw, and he was like, "Get that shit out of there." <laughs> <laughs> They got their own movie already. Fuck you. Get it out of there. Right. So like, but by that, by that way, by that means of negotiation, we have this fucking movie, uh, this universe of ridiculous stunts of things that people could never fucking pull off. Right. Like, and they're all casual. There's a, 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 there's a, I heard Adam Scott once say on a podcast that like, there's a stunt where they pull that they, that he pulls off and like, he, this guy runs off of a, a bus that's falling off of a cliff. He runs off, and then a car comes, and it, it swings. It does like a tail slide. And it drifts, and he grabs onto the spoiler, and then gets like, and he gets, and she says it like that. And, and uh, Adam Scott was like, yeah, if that happens in, in real life, you would never stop talking about it. <laughs> like the whole rest of the day, all you would do is fucking just be like, did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> but yeah. There was a scene, I'm not sure which one, I'm not a Fast and the Furious connoisseur, I'm sorry, I don't have all the deets, but there was one where they were they were on a runway with a plane that was about to take off. And the scene went on for minutes and minutes and minutes. And I can't, they were driving next to the plane and they were trying to get on or <laughs> off the plane. And I remember people online making, you know, breaking it down based on the, the speed of a plane and coming up with like this runway would have to be 25 miles. <laughs> you know, like the complete absurdity of something like that, which with, you know, upon like closer inspection just becomes so utterly ridiculous. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And, I, that and, and that, that's weird. <laughs> that falls under weird. I think using that lens to look at something that we're not like supposed to look at critically and looking at it critically and revealing how utterly bizarre, you know, that invisible frame that we're supposed to pretend isn't there is, uh, Mm -hmm. is particularly funny to me. And I think the internet is particularly good at doing that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it is, uh, it's like same thing with music and everything. Like you can make music now with fucking nothing, right? I think that like before I mean there's still prohibitive costs to computers and stuff but the fact that you can get a phone and you can and like now you can you can uh have Adobe products on your phone and you can sync them up with your fucking shit like it's insane how how like you can start your own little media empire <laughs> with just a subscription cuz before you had to steal like when I was a kid I don't know how old you are you used to have to steal it uh, the yes. photoshops yeah. my first creative suite um <laughs> subscription was like you know we had a bunch of friends had passed around some bootleg you know serial numbers that we were 
using. Yeah. Somebody had a Word doc and you would go down and try all the different serial numbers. Yeah. Oh man, the era of bit torrenting was be classy in Missouri, just to let everyone know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then um Cool. Well, is there any any thoughts that 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 you have on the topic as we're as we're wrapping up? Uh, like, because it's it is a hard thing to sort of pin down, and I appreciate us sitting down. I appreciate both of us, myself included, sitting down and trying to figure. Tr- Way to go! I said, "Good job, us." Way to go! High five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it it's interesting um, to think about that because I do I do take humor seriously i mean i want to have fun when i make art you know like i I, i'm not i've never been into the sort of like morose like i've always i've definitely had depression issues in my life but in terms of like making artwork i was never like a francis bacon or you know (laughs) like somebody that was like oh my god my soul is so like i was never goth about it goth Although I was, I did, I did have a, a phase where I would go, I was a grunge kid, but I would dress goth to go to goth clubs with friends that were like goth all the time. I don't just know. Just to, to fit in, slide under the radar there a little bit. Yeah. And then I started to become a bit of a raver. That was more my, <laughs> my music scene. I used to listen to jungle music and stuff. What were you like? Are you a millennial? I am a millennial. Yeah. Um, I was, I definitely was kind of an emo kid in high school. Um, yeah, I was very, I was very quiet in high school. I was very, um, nerdy. I definitely, you know, came into my own much later on. I was like a weird arty kid, I guess. Mm. Um, in college, sorry, what? Bookwormy. Yeah, I was very smart, very serious. Uh, I think maybe that's where my some of my humor, I always had a good sense of humor, but I took myself too seriously, I think, for a long time. And definitely deciding to become an artist um, was something I did because it was fun and because I loved it and because I could make a lot of jokes. You know, it's not, yeah. I'm not saving someone's life. I'm not going into surgery right now to, to work on someone's brain. I think that art is vitally important in so many ways, but I also don't think that we have to take ourselves so seriously or act like, you know, well, I don't even know how people that take that, take it that seriously show up to the page. Like if you've got to fucking go to that dark place to, to, to make artwork, like, Oh God damn, I feel sorry for you. Like, (laughs) that's not to say that, Sometimes I make pro- I don't make projects that are that are not tedious, you know. Like uh, tedious, I can do, but but like sad and mopey. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's hard enough to fucking get out of that space. So I'm with you. I do. I think that we 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 probably agree uh, overall on the topic of uh, humor, which agreement is not usually what happens here. I disagree with everybody, and I tell them to go fuck themselves. No, I, I don't. I think too I mean for me I am a very sad mopey depressed person in a lot of ways but I use humor to deal with that you know like I I would rather laugh than cry and if I have to choose I'm going to lean into a way of dealing with these things that's that's humorous or that's funny um I forget what comedian it was but uh Back when I was younger, he, he, he had a joke about how, like, why he listens to pop and Rihanna and, like, Madonna and all this, that stuff is just because it's like life is fucking miserable. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, or I, I think the whole I think the premise of the joke was that he was gay and this was back when being gay wasn't that cool. So his life was a little bit hard growing up. So he was like, that's why I don't listen to fucking uh, Elliot Smith and shit like that, you know, which makes <laughs> <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> I can like, if life sucks, why do you want to like dwell on that? But all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Anything that, uh, I, oh, I, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, um, Instagram. Oh yeah. Follow me on the gram. I post a lot of really dumb, funny memes in my 
stories. If you uh, reach out to me and become my close friend, you'll see the real spicy stuff because, um, you know, I, I do have to stay employed. So I try not to post <laughs> the, the most extreme memes for public consumption. And oh, my okay. So there's a, there's a, there's a firewall here. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a secret. There's a secret menu. You know the the animal style, so whatever. The the if you get if you want to see her content that would get her canceled is uh... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it gets a little spicy. All right, and then do you have a website that people can check out? I do. It's my name r o s e b r i c c e t t i dot com. And uh, it's just your name for with, with an underscore between both names, right? For the Instagram, no, it's just one word. Oh, just my name, just my name. Yep. Okay. No other characters, just the no letters. All right, mm-hmm. and we are at what's my thesis? I'm at Javier Proenza, and you guys can catch us next week. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for coming on the show. Let me just. Thanks for you. having me. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us five stars, shop at our merch store, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Special thanks to our patrons, M. Trichkovsky and Tony Irons. To become a patron, go to patreon.com slash whatsmythesis. 